jungle. Lush foliage crowded in upon itself beneath the tall trees. Here and there, amid dark shadows cast by overhanging branches, small pools of light picked out brightly coloured flora. Shimmering mist hovered in patches over the dense tangles of undergrowth, thinning away in places to reveal small clearings. Into the still air rose a murmur of activity from the teeming jungle floor, pierced by sharp cries which indicated the presence of larger forms of life. Animals. A minor bird fluttered from branch to branch, its eyes picking out the familiar scene. Other birds, some in flight, others resting. And on the ground, a lion padding from one copse to another, causing gazelles to scatter from its path in a flurry of alarm. A cacophony of chatter, and monkeys which had been picking at the kernels of fallen nuts scampered up trees to reach safety. The lion having passed, the other animals re-emerged to feed upon the shrubbery. Zebras, kangaroos, tortoises, and many other species mingled together in the ebb and flow of a densely packed animal kingdom. Among them, reptiles. So that a particular form of reptile life that moved among them passed unnoticed, obviously representing no threat. But this creature was different from the snakes and lizards that were normally found in the jungle. In the first place it walked upright on two legs, two arms hanging at its sides. It made no sound, not even the hissing that other reptiles might make. And while its body was covered in scales, the head boasted a mop-like thatch of ginger hair. Facially it displayed three shrunken nostrils, and a small thin mouth from which a tongue occasionally flicked out. But its most prominent feature was a large single eye that constantly swivelled as it looked around, an eye that apparently accepted the scene as being normal. Having found it so, the creature moved on, disappearing into the shadows of the undergrowth. Today's episode. Dodo says, they're sort of like slaves, aren't they? And I wrote down, sort of like the monoids were. But yeah, no, as soon as we returned and I kind yeah. of was like, okay, monoids are in charge. I was like, yeah, fair play. Really interesting link with COVID as well, because people of colour are more more susceptible to COVID. Oh, are they? Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah truly, it's a known thing. When you're a xenophobe, you're not thinking clearly. Yes, that's You're generally true. just thinking, like, ah, bad things are happening and it must be someone else's fault. I'm just wearing me pants and I'm on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to World Enough and Time, a classic Doctor Who podcast that unites Andy and Alex despite the world that exists between them. Hello, I'm Andy. Are you today? I, I just—I would rather sing how I am if that's okay. <laughs> Actually, that should be a requ- requirement from now on. Drip, drip a drop, little April showers. La 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 la. la. <laughs> well, that says it all. Thank you. <laughs> well, given previous experience on the podcast, I thought I'd better avoid doing an April Fool's joke because you don't like those. So Ooh, I, I don't. I'm still scarred. I can still feel the pain in my belly from that absolute devastation. <laughs> Ab- 
absolute cruelty on your part. Who thinks that's funny? I know. So we had April showers instead, and I hope you feel Nuts. suitably Aprily now. I do, and it's quite stormy here, so it's great. Good. Perfect. Yes. Would you like to sing something? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the option there. It's good mm. to know I've got that there waiting mm. for me, but it's okay. Mm. Shelves idea for new segment. <laughs> <laughs> Shelves or fucking bins forever. <laughs> Just never look at again. So. Yes. Um, hello. How is one? One is good. I am feeling positive. That's good. I have relaxed for long enough that I actually feel okay with the world which is nice is oh and i've just taken in up something very fun called neurographic art have you heard of it neurographic is that euro euro yes brain. yes tell me more yes. no i haven't heard of it tell me um it's some russian thing where you kind of like basically scribble stuff but really from your mind you've got to channel a certain thought and then you kind of scribble stuff and then you um kind of hard like loosen up any edges and kind of make Ooh. everything more curvy that was once harsh and then you kind of do other things to it and eventually it comes out looking really quite beautiful but quite strange so yeah I'm doing that and every time you do it you have to be channeling a specific idea so for mine it's been a I must get fitter I must be less afraid of going to the gym because gyms <laughs> make me very terrified so yes I've been I... doing that I haven't made it to a gym yet but still it's, it's, a, work <laughs> it's progress. a work in progress yeah you're getting there slowly yes did yeah, I tell I'm you really about my, my gym phase when I mentally started going to the gym all the time you are a little bit on the obsessive side, aren't you? If you do it, you fucking <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah, exactly, totally. And I did do the classic thing of, like, not concentrating on the treadmill and, and falling off it. Did you? <laughs> oh, totally. Wow. Whilst the instructor was watching as well. Oh, awful. I mean, oh, so when you say instructor, did you have a PT? No, no, no. I mean, instructor, he was kind of like the gym manager sort of thing, but he was just happened to right. be watching at the time. Well, of course he was watching me. Gorgeous body. Yes. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> you, you can't have a go at a man for that. No, I mean, some, some eye candy here. Mm. <laughs> mm. So, and then what ended your phase? Well, it's because it was all planning to, so we did the three peaks, those three, um, Ben Nevis, Snowden mm. and um, Scarfell Pike. And after that, I was like, I won't be going back there. <laughs> no. Well, I was really good for almost a year prior to the accident oh, were you? Um, and it really was the accident that stopped me because they said you just you're not allowed to go for like about six months yeah. and then you just completely get out of the way of it so I mean it's not like I was loving it it's not like oh I'm loving every bit of this but I had got my body into a much better state than it had been yeah. for the few years previous so yeah I'm, I, I know that it can and does work so I've just got to do it but mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's all it's never about the being at the gym it's the fear of walking into a gym. No, I get and it. And touching the machine. Actually, I've it's, just remembered yeah. going to meet you at the gym after a sesh when we were when I was last in New Zealand. Wow. No, the previous time. The previous time. Yes, because yeah. the last yeah, time was God there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gosh, I was like, ooh, she's a bit woman about town. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Yeah, but no, I just need to get over that fear thing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's awful. So after this yeah. unexpected but rather lovely gym chat. I would like yes. to ask you, what have you been watching on TV? Well, 
I'd like to widen this segment to what have you been watching on TV and also have you been reading anything interesting? Would you like to share that too? And yes, I would. Thank you for asking. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you, please. Actually, I would like to use, I would like to introduce a phrase that I've been using since I was in Sweden for some time now, which is um, taxnella, which is Swedish for thank you, please. And they say it quite often. Oh. They, they don't nice. realise it's funny, but they, they say tack sneller, which means thank you, please. Tack sneller, thank you, please. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought this was funny. And I laughed any time everyone Brilliant. said it, but they didn't know why. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, because it is just really bizarre. Oh, yeah. I feel, yeah, I'm going to try and try and remember it. Tack okay, so what I have been watching on TV and whatever I'm reading. I've been watching on TV, not a huge amount, but I have just started Heroes Reborn. Do you remember the 2000 and, I don't know, eight-odd um, Heroes series? Yes, I never watched it, but I know of it. Yes, Hayden Panettiere, Ali Lata and Milo Zbigniewicz. Um, those people. all got silly names, haven't they? They do. Yes, they do. Um, but no, it was good. I got massively into it at the time. Hmm. It was just one of those... It was kind of that lost phase where, like series were all on TV and you would get quite excited when they were coming on. It was kind of the end of that era, I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I was massively into it. And so now, uh, actually probably a wee while ago, the 2015-16, this Heroes Reborn came out, but I've just heard of it now. So yes, I'm starting watching that. And it's it's the same level of cheese as it used to be. It's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still on a superhero vein, but it's just nice seeing the same old concepts come back that you kind of, you remember at the time, you're like, oh, I remember him and I know why. And yeah, so no, it's good. Nothing amazing, but it's there and it makes me smile. But as you know, yeah. as you know, we've widened the segment now to include reading matter. I'm oh, glad, I'm glad I, I'm glad I did that. that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you come up with some really good ideas sometimes. So thank you. Andy. Okay. Um, I have been reading. Um, in the space of about two days, actually, so this is pretty monumental for me. Mary Chan, Mary Chan, Mary Chan, the first generation. Oh my god! Good. Don't know what it is. You bought me that. Mary oh, Chan. Mary Chan. I thought it was Mary. I was thinking Mary Chan, who was this Chinese <laughs> woman who was suddenly important in the zeitgeist, and I didn't know who Mary Chan was. I was like, let's pretend maybe she's a fitness expert, or maybe she does cleaning up like Marie Kondo. We don't know, but it's all about yeah, Mary Chan. Her <laughs> Mary Chan. Uh, you bought me her um, autobiography. I think probably about two or three years ago, and I was thinking, yeah, that's not going to get read. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow no um no i know I just now that i've got a beautiful bookcase that reminds me of things that i should be reading and i just walk past it and go hmm, hmm what should i read today and i had just read richard osmond's um the man who died twice which was wonderful oh. um and so i um yeah i thought i'd give that a crack but yeah it's um interesting but she's she is very she is one of those people who just kind of bounced into the world with I know not huge privilege, she was from a poorish family, but everything seems to have just gone her way. She doesn't really seem to have gone through a great deal. Well, apart um, from the end of it. <laughs> well, she doesn't talk about that. No, I know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying her dying of cancer young was quite horrible. <laughs> yes, no, but I think it almost is evened out by having an incredibly enchanted life where really oh, right, um, okay. everything just fell on her lap. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I guess I is... I, in no way did I identify with her, but I found her entertaining and quite real. Mm. Um, I found her obsession with um, like supernatural and stuff odd. 
Um, oh, but actors are often like that. They often have these weird beliefs, and you're like, mm. really? But she seemed like a good person. She seemed to mm. be quite nice. And she had just... Yeah, and the fact that she was with her chap forever. And I was reading about him afterwards as well, like that he yeah, died in Marcus, Park the day yeah. after the eulogy. Insane. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, just... And there's, I've seen some lovely pictures of it. Actually, the pictures she includes in her book, awful. They're all just like publicity shots that you can get anywhere. Mm. But like the pictures that you find of her online are actually a lot nicer, like kind of a bit more of a snapshot of her life, really. Um, but yeah, no, um, she was interesting enough. I, I was quite pleased to know more about her. And, um, and to be honest, Doctor Who wasn't really the big... I knew that the Doctor Who bit, there's nothing really much more she was no, going to tell me about no. that. That was never a huge part of... Her life, but it was just—it's nice to understand who a person is before they embark on the Doctor Who journey and that kind of thing. So yeah, that no, was good, and I was proud of myself for reading. So will you be reading Second Generation? Is there a Lala Ward one called Second Generation? No, no, the Second Mary Tam one. Oh, it's just there the another first one? one isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it ended rather abruptly. <laughs> <laughs> it was published posthumously, but yes, there is one. I've got it. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, then if I get it, then yes, I might. But I have. Okay, the other thing I've been yeah. doing, I've been very good. I've decided, yeah. I was being very, as you say, woman about town. It is now me. Um, and I yeah. asked locally if there was a, a book club, and everyone was like, no, but I'd be interested if there was. And I was like, right, Gosh. you, I shall start a book club. So I've started a book club. So I haven't. I have no idea what we're about to to read, I have no idea how it's to write. I've never been to a book club, never, never, let alone kind of. Well, I think one. it's about you creating the book club then. So from scratch, so that means you need to think very carefully about your hairstyle, the clothes <laughs> you wear. I think you should swoosh in in a sort of gypsy dress and maybe <laughs> a shawl, a, a shawl as well. Okay. Maybe a candle on the table, some flowers. Nice. And just create Gosh. the scene. Yeah, the atmosphere is everything. Is that is that it? Okay, good. I don't know. I've never been to a book club. <laughs> <laughs> I asked. I asked everyone what kind of books everyone want to read, and they were like, "Well, how about we go for a classic at first, and then we'll just kind of go through the genres." And mm. I was like, "So by classic, do you mean like Pride and Prejudice?" And they're like, "Oh no, a modern one." And I was like, oh, "I don't fucking understand. What do you fucking mean then?" And then they sent me a list of classics. Um, and and after you one... swore at them for a few minutes, they they kind of. <laughs> Decided not to come to the book club. <laughs> it's going to be a very empty book club. But yeah, the first, uh, the li- they sent me a list of 100 classics that it could be from. And the first one was Pride and Prejudice. I was like, well, you haven't helped me here. You've just confirmed exactly what the fucking said. Yes. Um, so yes, I don't I, know. I have to say, I much prefer Persuasion. So just um, very much on the Persuasion bus. I've read, I've, I went through a phase of reading all of Jane Austen's, I've I, because it was the only free thing you could get for a while on books, like when you uh-huh. could get online books. Yeah. So I read every Jane Austen you could get, and I did like Persuasion too. But yeah, no, they're all pretty good, to be honest. She is pretty darn good. Yeah, I think I've only read Persuasion. Is the, okay. is the, is the, is the, That's yeah. why I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kicker there. <laughs> but I suppose you want to know what I've been oh, bloody I well watching. I thought we might skirt past this, because honestly... Just gets boring after a while. I don't want to know. I really would love to, you to tell me, please tell me, please tell me. What have I been watching too? I've been watching the Harlan Coben drama Stay Close. Ooh, which one's that one? What happens? I think I might have seen it. It's. I'm not Cassie anymore. That life is over. I'm gonna see you. Long time since I've been in here. 
from Cassie. Spent 17 years of my life looking for her. Well, well, well. Gloria. My favourite detective. What's the urgency? A missing person. Stuart Green. He's back. He's dead. Apparently not. Two men go missing exactly 17 years ago to the day after Stuart Green disappeared. Coincidence, my whore. You need to stay away from her. Do you know Megan? Do you? Do you know she's changed her name? She is now Megan Pitt. You're going to keep you and your family safe. How exactly? These people were last seen within a week or two of each other. And all the missing men were connect. Which means... It's a serial killer. James Nesbitt and Joe Joyner as detectives who were formerly married. And it's got Cush Jumbo in it from The Good Wife. And it's got Sarah Parrish in it from Who's in Everything. Um, and it's got Eddie Izzard in it as a lawyer. And it's got two evil, an evil couple who keep going around killing people who are terrifying, who are called oh. Barbie and Ken in it. And it's it's pretty got darn good. We watched it all just the last few days. And it's eight episodes. It's on Netflix. Oh, shit. Um, I watched all the other Harlem Coven ones that they've made. All right. Oh, right. That's exciting. Yeah, yes. I'll definitely watch that. Yes, and we watched the last one last night and we were a bit slightly traumatised. Wow. <laughs> if I'm honest. Okay. Yes. But then yeah. don't, please, don't be expecting to be traumatised yourself because you know how our experiences are so different of things. And you'll be like, oh, that was nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite likely. Yes, no, I had just kind of just whizzed past that in my head. Just, oh, Andy said it would be bad, it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure today, I see. Gloves <laughs> nice. Anything else I need to hear at all? I don't think so. I think okay. we should move on. That's frankly, fine. Fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So I wondered if you wanted to do something from this little bad boy. By this little bad boy, do you mean the third Doctor Who, Chris Brock? <laughs> Or should we do one of yours? I thought if no, we did one I... of these, we should do a co-op. I like that. I've never wanted anything more, to be honest. Okay, That's so it's time for a quiz! Yes! Quiz time! So, so you've got to choose. I love the mottling. Look at this. Look at the mottling on that. Mottling? Do you mean it was part of the flood? Mottling? No, it must <laughs> be, post, it must be post-flood. That's why I'm confused. Because it was published in 85. And the flood oh, okay. was 81. Wow. Or 82. So... Question, so I am from page 11 to ooh, 69. What do you want? 37. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> we may very much need to phone a friend. Okay. 37 is Adventures in History 3. Oh, fuck. Good. So, but we're doing this tomorrow. T- tomorrow. <laughs> we'll, do this tomorrow. <laughs> we'll be here again tomorrow. <laughs> so I'll see you then. Bye. <laughs> Number one, who was A, Malek Rick, and B, Malek El Adil? Uh-huh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Good. Yes. So, Karen, I, I, I have know, no clue. That's, that's I don't know. <laughs> oh, you're just letting me get the answer. <laughs> yeah. That's very generous of you. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what doctor. Not only could I not tell you what doctor, I couldn't tell you what period of history, which is probably more important. <laughs> It's spelled R-I-C as well. It feels almost like it might be an anagram of master or something, but I don't think it is. No. 
know. Were they in the crusade? I don't think they were. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Two. Name two of the children of King Priam of Troy. Oh yeah. Priam of Troy had Cassandra. Yes. And Paris, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Good work. Yes. Yes. Oh, this one's got a star next to it because you could answer it. Who was the servant of Sutek? Brackets, he needs no other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, so not Ibrahim Namin, the poor flower. Um, no. Marcus Scarman. Yeah. Oh, this is another good one. I, I don't know. Who was the assassin at Peking? Okay. So name any of the people in Marco Polo. Yeah, so... Marco Polo? Mar- Marco Polo. <laughs> <laughs> was there another silly name? Like, there was the, there was the evil one um, who, who poured all the water out in the desert called Tagana, oh, who was yes. the warlord. So I imagine it's him. Yes, let's go Tagana. Let's Tagana, okay. Um, let's Tagana. interesting how add, adding... <laughs> adding just adding make an... that a verb? <laughs> we'll Tagana together. Yes, it is. <laughs> And then the next question, it's a linked question. It's a two-part question. Who killed him? Marco Polo. <laughs> Marco Polo. Let's, yeah. Yes, there, there are answers. Are those answers locked in? Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Six. Oh, God, it's very... What was the cause of the Trojan War? How did it end? Well, I think we just know this one anyway, don't we? Um, cause... Oh, is it just Helen and... Her beauty. Helen's beauty... And mm-hmm. Paris is in the Although weirdly, she's not in the Myth Maker. No, it's fine without her. Um, and it ended because they killed everyone in Troy, essentially, didn't they? Because <laughs> they got in through the horse, yes. It's yes. the doctor built. I mm. think that's what we want there. Ooh, I like this one. An ancient Egyptian scroll in the possession of Count Scarlioni depicted a grotesque one-eyed humanoid figure. What was it? It was. Scaroth, lest of the Jaggeroth. Indeed. Okay, sorry. The, the third and fourth words here will <laughs> be a disappointment. How did Marco Polo... <laughs> <laughs> Shit. How did Marco Polo ensure that the Doctor and his companions would not escape in their flying caravan? Um, I think what he did, he got a couple of um, elephants... And he set up a booby trap. There was like, there was like two elephants and a plank of wood. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling this. Yeah. Like right next to the TARDIS. Okay, like I've got it in my mind. Put a can on top of the plank of wood. Mm-hmm. Um, and an interesting object hanging down from below. I can't remember what it was exactly. I think it was maybe like a, a trinket of some kind. One of Marco Polo's trinkets. And the a doctor trinket, would, yeah. Pull up, pull on the trinket. Oh no, paint can on the head. He'd then go have to get the turpentine, clean himself off, and then there'd be another paint can. And the doctor never learned. It happened over and over again. It was exhausting. So that that was how we did it. So the old turpentine can, no, no, the old paint can trick. <laughs> yeah. The old, the old <laughs> apostrophe paint can trick. On elephants. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad that that's your answer. <laughs> Has I've now got the has I've now got the vinyl of this, which Brian bought me for Christmas. Oh. Um, I think is it just that he strapped it to a cart and they couldn't access it because it was strapped to a cart. 
No, it was the paint can. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I think stepping into a car is not preventing you. Maybe he's got the key. Has he got the key? No. No. Key. You wouldn't get that to Marco Polo. Nine. Although on familiar terms with many of the most famous characters of history, or so he claims, it says, yeah. the Doctor has twice narrowly avoided meeting Leonardo da Vinci. Which Time Lord has claimed to have met this great man? What? Does that mean which Doctor? Uh, well, yeah, he didn't... What? I don't understand. Not, I guess, so the, when he mentioned it, he was the fourth Oh, doctor. right, okay. Okay. But we don't know what... Is that what it means? That's weird. I think that's all it can be. Badly written question. Hmm. Final question. Who was the first human in the history of the world to witness the materialisation of the TARDIS in his own time zone? What does it mean, in his own time zone? What does that mean? I guess... I don't know. I guess I don't know. Because... Surely it's just enough for the first bit. Who was the first human in the history yeah. of the world to witness the materialisation? But it just happens to be an interesting fact that he wasn't from another time. <laughs> that person who was just stood somewhere. Um, okay, so that made me think. Of, that made me think City of Death, like, like as if Duggan saw it, but he didn't because he was he's human, but he. Just okay, it's got it's to be fairly early on. I'm just wondering, is it like one of the cavemen? Because they're really early, obviously. But did they see it? Yeah, one of them, right? The first okay. thing you see at the end of episode one is one of right. the cavemen going up to... And it's Cal or Zar. Cal? Yeah. yeah. Should we go it with that? Yes. Should we look at the answers? Yes, I'm excited. I am, actually. Let's see how many we don't get correct. So Malek Rick is King Richard the Lionheart. And Malek Adil is Saffadin, the brother of Saladin. So we need more explanation here. What? Malik Rick. He, they're just they're obviously nicknames in Arabic for those characters. For those oh. people, I think. In the Crusade. Oh. I said it was the Crusade, but I didn't ever know anything about it. It was probably a tiny one line of dialogue. Yeah. Which we should have remembered from 1965, shouldn't we? Yes. Yes, from the show I've never seen. Yes. Oh, so there's four children. So it was Paris, Cassandra, Hector and Troilus. Oh. I was so proud as well. We did well. No, but we only needed two. Oh, did we? Oh, yeah. good. Oh, we could have Marcus, got Troilus, I think, if we'd have thought longer yeah. and harder. For a long time, as I've said before, Troilus, I thought, was very old and that Vicky was, was marrying someone fatherly and then I realised it was pictures of King Priam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Marcus Scarman. Oh, number four. Who was the assassin at Peking? Tagana. Yes! Yes! He was Tagarnad. Who killed him? After his attempt to kill Kublai Khan, he fa- once that failed, he killed himself. Oh. So, so Tagarnad, Tagarnad. Tagarna. Yes. <laughs> Lazy. Shit. Um, okay, it's the abduction from King Menelaus by Paris of Queen Helen. Yeah. Um, oh, and the wooden horse. Yeah, we got that. Yeah, good. We got that, sweetie. So, question seven, Scaroth of the Jagaroth. Jagaroth, yes. Oh, he confiscated the TARDIS keys and hid them in the binding of his diary. So it was the key stealing, no, not the old no. pa- paint can trick. <laughs> yeah, I think it just didn't quite explain that the paint can trick was all part of it. Oh, so it was a Time Lord that claimed to have met him. 
Ah, so it wasn't the witch doctor, it was another Time Lord. Oh, oh, was it like the Time Meddler or something? Yes, yeah, the Meddling Ah. Monk was. Yes. Oh, we were right. The first human in history, it was Cal. Yes. Yeah, I love that we were right there. (laughs) Cal was so tip of my tongue. Yes. So we got some right and some wrong. Yeah, I know. But the most... Were us being yes. amazing. So that was the quiz. So I am now struggling to pull this weighty object into the centre of the room. I've, I've given it a bit of a, a spring clean, actually. It's quite yes. shiny oh, what? at the moment. Oh, I thought you'd kind of added bits to it, but no, just, no. just no. clean. Okay, no. nice. It's time for the space time television. Machine. I've already told you, my dear. It's a time space visualizer. Do you mean a sort of time television? Yes, yeah, like that. Yes, that's exactly what this is. I'm going to go first. Are so you good? I just want to flip and take it from you. So, number one in the charts in the very weeks that the arc, well, at least it started being broadcast in 1966. These Boots Are Made For Walking by Nancy oh. Sinatra. Classic. Classic. Yes. Take it away, Nance. You keep saying you got something for me. Something you call love but confess. You've been a messin' where you shouldn't have been a messin' And now someone else is getting all your best These boots are made for walking And that's just what they'll do One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you Yeah You know, I woke up this morning singing that song in my head because I knew I was going to do it the night before. Nice. <laughs> so I was like, why am I singing that? I'm like, oh yeah, it's the podcast. Oh, that's lovely. Mm. I've, I've got so much planned for this. Like, honestly, I just feel like you're just going to well, be so Well, you can only excited. put one block in the chocolate block slot. Yeah, no, I know, but I've just got to make sure of the many yeah. that, that I choose the right ones. <laughs> I'll just check through this quick list that I've made earlier. <laughs> um, it's it's, it's more like you over-prepare, isn't it? In that, you, in that you've got a big it's list just, to work from. It's my from. downfall. It's just like the hard work that I put in. I should just be a little bit more spur of the moment, I think. Perhaps. Yeah, I think um, you should. Yeah, so I think I'll go for... Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> this one that I remember really well. Ah! You can't hurry love by the Supremes, clearly. Wonderful.
You're welcome. So was that also from the fairly weak? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just a song. What are you talking Just, about? Just a song. Just a song I fancied. It's the just, list I prepared earlier. It's just because I knew you'd over-prepared. Yeah, yeah, no. No. <laughs> so far superior to the Phil Collins version, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, we've caved, finally. I just let you know, we've caved. And we've decided... Okay, we'll just, we'll just go all in here. So we've, we've created a granny flat for you-know-who. So now... <laughs> She can do okay. her voiceovers and she can do all her big finish work from the granny flat we've created. She doesn't have to go nice. back to Tunbridge Wells. She can stay here. No, so, that, 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 probably, that is probably quite sensible around. I like it's, it. It's time for Lou to promote us once again. Take it away, Lou. You're listening to World Enough and Time, a classic Doctor Who podcast. Okay, back to the granny flat. Off you go. No, you can't have a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> She's quite the best, isn't she? Thanks, Lou. Thanks. 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 (laughs) But I know what's going to happen next. This is the thin end of the wedge. She'll be inviting Nicola and Katie over. We'll have a gaggle. A gaggle of companions to do it. Yeah, I know. It'll get exhausting. Yeah. But yeah, prepare yourself for it. You might get some pleasure from it. I doubt it. So, (laughs) anyway. It's time for our story du jour. How did we get there so quickly? (laughs) Not quickly at all. It was. We sped here. Sped. Sped. He sped, she sped, we all sped. (laughs) It's time for the arc. Do you realise what this means, dear boy? What's all the fuss about? The man's called Dodo's cold, that's all. All, all. These people, this generation, have never experienced the common cold. For the simple reason it was wiped out many generations ago before they were born. They have no resistance to it. I don't quite know, I don't know. But it might be fatal. We shall be to blame. Yes, it's all our fault and I should have foreseen it. Did you hear that? Did I not try and warn the commander? I told you these people were evil. But it wasn't my fault. How was I supposed to know? The sick monoid. He's dead. So before we invite the synopsis expert onto the sofa, yeah. I just want to ask yeah. you, your first connection or memory or anything to do with the arc, please, sweetie. Yeah. I think it's it's getting a little bit common now that <laughs> I say this. Um, and so I feel quite embarrassed, but I don't think I've seen this before. <laughs> You've never seen the arc? I don't have any memory of it whatsoever. That's not to say I've not seen it. But I have absolutely zero memory of it in any way, shape or form. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, so that must have been quite memory. exciting for you to watch it then. Uh, at first... <laughs> it's a, uh, it's no. <laughs> no, yeah, it was. But I kept, I had that initial kind of half hour and I was like, something's going to come back soon. Like, I'm sure I've seen it. I will have seen it. And I'm just waiting for something to jog my memory. But yeah, nothing, nothing came. But then I could just relax into it and enjoy it for what it was. So yeah, no, it was. It was lovely to have a new one. I, to be honest, all of the ones that have come across and hit me like that have been an absolute joy. When you have no idea what's coming, it is really yeah. exciting to watch. Yeah. Yes. So I feel, yes. Like I, I feel like a stuck record as well, because thank you for asking how I first connected <laughs> Stopped probing, I'm gonna just sit there. Wait, can you just run the whole thing? I'll just be quite here. (laughs) Taxneller, 
Um, whereas Doctor Who Monthly, I just... Or no, Doctor Who Weekly. In Paul Brown's room, I saw... Um, I saw the story archive feature for the arc and I thought well, that looks good. Lots of pictures of Dodo grimacing at Monoids holding her and sort of basically yes, ravaging her. Not quite ravaging, Ooh. but you know what I mean. Gosh, I didn't see that bit. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was off screen. Goodness. Yes. Um, and after that I think it was one of those where I'd actually bought it on video before I saw it. And it wasn't an early release. So it was a long time coming, this one for me. I hadn't wow. seen it for a long time. It was quite. So you weren't one. particularly excited about it, or? I was very intrigued because of barely having seen Stephen at all and yeah. and, and Dodo. So a Stephen and Dodo story. I was like, wow, because yeah. when I was when I was a kid at the time of Doctor Who Celebration, it was a kind of mixture of well, the gunfighters we were all told is the worst Doctor Who story of all time, which is Stephen and Dodo, and. And yet there's these other ones which are tantalisingly seen as like the best, like the Celestial Toymaker must be the best story ever. And the Savages was something I never knew anything about and the same for the Ark. And I was like, I'd really be intrigued to see these because it feels like a forgotten period. Mm. And I still think, still think, if you think of Doctor Who, it's one of those eras you don't really think about. It's like oh, completely. Time. If there's yeah. any more of that that era, then I think we should do them because I have really no no idea. I yeah. feel like this is the first time I've ever seen Dodo, to be honest. <laughs> which is pretty bad. Yeah. So yeah, so that and it's a story where every time I think, oh, I could put that on, I could happily watch it. I don't think, oh, but it's that one or it's that bit. I don't mm. like. I like. Yeah, I get that. I like all of it, and I think it's. Pretty big scale. I like the scale of yes. it. Yes. Yes, yeah. I definitely got that feeling. It didn't keep itself too contained. It got a bit wild, which is good. Mm. So it's it's time to invite the, the synopsis expert onto the sofa to tell us what happened yes. in the arc. Yes. Yes. Taxnella. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Dodo jumps out the TARDIS. She's like, oh, we're at Whipsnade, clever lass, might be, might not be. Um, they then find out they are on a ship. That ship is doing a, doing a Vira. They've taken the last inhabitants of Earth to travel to that place. The place that I know the name of. That I Yes, Refusis, for goodness sake. Um, because... I'm not sure why they think that's good. They scanned it. They know it's going to be good. It's going to take them a long time to get to. I have questions. Probably... About, I have questions about this choice later on, but I shouldn't interrupt the synopsis. No, no, you damn well shouldn't. I'm guessing it took about a thousand years to get there, being as they arrived at the 700 mark, and they've got past the ankles. So that's the the measurement of time is ankles. No, they've done a bit. Of... Anyway, so I reckon they've been at 300 years already. Anyways, these people were the guardians of the human race. Most people have been made all miniaturised. They were a little tinier than Barbie and Ken dolls. The Doctor would have been proud. They did good work. Sorry, not the Doctor Master. Um, and they had some lovely little helpers called the Monoids that they really didn't degrade in any way. They were very kind to them. And, um, yeah, so what happens is they all catch a cold from Dodo. She does a little bit of a... Um, she sneezes. She's good at sneezing. I was quite impressed. She'd rather level sneezing. Good lass. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're really angry. Fair enough. We don't want you germs here. You're killing everyone, you bitch. The doctor <laughs> sorts it out. 
give them some remedy, you know, give them some strepsils or something like that. They're fine now. And then they bugger off. I thought someone died and then I wasn't sure if someone died. I got all confused about the death. I feel like I must have turned away for a second, but you might be able to sort that one out for me. Anyway, we're off and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This is two episodes of it all over. See ya! <laughs> um, but no, we're coming back. Did this well. Made out like nothing had changed. But what happened here? A statue was just up to my ankles earlier. It's now finished. It's not like the plans. It looks like a monoid. Clever. I'm in. I'm in right now. This is a good little plot twist. I like it. We then find that the monoids have taken over because the humans, that the, <laughs> brilliant, the byproduct of catching a cold is it makes you generally a bit fucking lazy <laughs> and a bit apathetic about life. I like that. Good little byproduct. And so the monoids, in my eyes, took their rightful bloody place. If you're too weak to do it, someone else will take it. Anyway, monoids sorted their shit out. They kept everyone working in the kitchens. Fair enough, that's what you did to them. Um, and they got this, they joined them at the 700 years past the last me meeting stage. So they're about to land in Refusis. Lucky, lucky them. Good timing. We go down to Refusis, find out there's some really invisible people who would quite like to be taken over, but only if it's by middle-aged white men. If, if they're middle-aged white men, we'll have you. Anyone who looks a bit funny, no fuck off, we'll blow you up. Um, <laughs> Then the monoid, monoid who I like to call Paul, but it was actually Paul. <laughs> he's like, I kept thinking he said Paul when they were saying Paul. Paul. Um, anyway, he was like, yeah, I, I like a bit of blowing up. I'm good at that. I'm going to make the big statue into a big bomb. <laughs> Not quite sure why, but I think I'd quite like to bomb everyone here, even the people who I quite like doing it. Anyway, the Refusions, I like that. I like Refusions as a name of a race. Um, help them, quite strong. Um, picking up the, um, the statue, chuck it outside into space, big bomb in space. Then they say, let's all hold hands, play, what's the game? <laughs> what's the game that you play? A tissue, a tissue, we all fall down. Ring of Roses. Ring of Roses. I've actually got yeah. it in my notes for another reason. That's fucking weird. Anyway, let's play Ring of Roses and we'll all be friends together. Let's not kill people. Let's just be nice. And by the way, I've got a cupboard full of millions of really stupid people <laughs> who I'd love you to meet. I'm going to make them a bit bigger because they're quite miniature right now. Let's say hello. The end. <laughs> well, that's the arc. I yes, know that, isn't it just that Paul Erickson and Leslie Scott would be very happy with that that yes, summary. I know. Yeah, no, I'd be quite happy for it to be played to them. Yes. Uh, one thing I was thinking about is it's only really properly written by Paul Erickson, and Leslie Scott, his wife, was kind of all was given credits, but apparently she didn't write anything of it. But that's, that's interesting. That's the opposite of the truth, usually. I think yeah, maybe it's Leslie Scott wrote it all, and Paul Erickson was busy, and he was like, "You write it." We don't yeah. know. We don't know what happened in that family home. Who said she definitely didn't? Oh, Doctor Who fandom. Fuck them. Exactly. Fuck them. <laughs> the anger. You've rarely been as angry on the podcast. No, but honestly, like, oh yeah, 
because the norm is that women take the credit for men's work. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Yeah, yeah, good idea. Fucking idiots. Yeah. So, anyway. Yes. Yes. Um, she would be a candidate, wouldn't she, for doing that trick we used to play on Mum when Mum was going out with that hideous guy called Les, and every time, every time she said his name, we'd we'd end the name with another name with someone like who's called Judd. Leslie. Think <laughs> of Les, Lee Judd. <laughs> Our favourite though was to pig it, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she really pissed her off as well. <laughs> what yeah. do you mean? Who was he called, Mum? Les to pig it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we did carry it on with John and called him Needy Good as well. Needy Good. Anyway, Lee Scott. Les Lee Scott. Anyway, um, so I was struck by how how HG Wells this all was. It felt very HG Wells, and I was really oh, thinking about yes, that. It is. And I was so excited about this, and I thought, I've stumbled upon something new, and of course I hadn't. The The, the special feature on the DVD was called All's Well That Ends Wells. So, oh, so it was quite a deliberate thing, you reckon? Yes. Okay. Very inspired by, you've got sort of like the Eloy, who are sort of like the white people who are beautiful, and you've yeah. got the Morlocks who are ugly. You've got the big statue being important, the Sphinx statue, and here we've got the Monoid statue. Oh, yes. Also, the time the time traveller sees the destruction of Earth in the time machine as well. So we got to see right. that. So quite a few yeah. things. And we've got the Invisible Man, which is HG Wells, of course. We've got the Refusions are Invisible. Is that a different... Oh, is that a different one? Is yeah, the, the Invisible Man. The Invisible okay. Man, yes. Oh, so... One. Yes, so HG Wells. I just thought I'd say that from the off. Yes, nice. Yes. Yeah, no, I've made similarly impressive observations. <laughs> I thought it's quite obvious. It's quite hard not to see that he's got a big eye in his mouth. <laughs> I found it very distracting. If it's oh <laughs> no, it's not. It's not my mouth. It's my eye. <laughs> I think that's quite ingenious, though. I do. No, like I liked that. it. Uh, they were cool. It, were, it was clever. It was just you. I just kept looking at them and just imagining them swallowing it. <laughs> It's just really hard to not. <laughs> Suddenly he's fine. Oh, sorry. Got we'll a lie in my throat. Sorry. We'll have to pop another one in there. <laughs> I've got to put ten ping pong balls in my throat, in my stomach by now, by the end of filming. Yes. So early on, I'm thinking, Stephen, hold your fucking horses. Do you remember, not that long ago, yes! it took you an entire bloody episode to get over the fact that you travelled yeah. in time and space. I wrote that You down. were a right little shit. And now Dodo is... Confidently striding around saying, I'm in the whip snade, but quite happy to learn that she's not really. Yeah. And he's just a rude little shit to me. He's just trying to undermine her the whole time and just talking to her like she's an idiot. And I'm like, fuck you. And she's not taking it. That's the big the thing I'm loving. She's just wandering around like, you do your shit. You do your yes. bantery man I like it as well. And she's like, I wrote, yeah, I, I wrote yeah. down, I like Dodo's exuberance here. Yes. And like the, he's really patriarchal and horrible. He's like, nobody said you could go out. And she says, do they have to then? Just where do you think you're going? Out. Out? Yes, I thought I'd get some fresh air. Somebody opened the door. But nobody me? said you could go out. Do they have to then? Well, of course they Dodo, you don't know what you might have found out here. No gravity, poison atmosphere, all sorts of things. Look, stop prancing around over there. What happens if you get lost? I catch a bus back. A bus? But yeah, she does, does deal with his annoying ways quite well. And then um, I was quite happy then when we um, we cut to our 
trial, which it was just honestly it was my favourite thing. It was just a trial where I'm sorry you're too stupid. <laughs> you can't afford stupid people. Stupid people must be sent to, sent to Java for seven hundred years. I thought so it was really weird. harsh, and I actually we went back to find out what the thing he'd done wrong was, and he'd left a valve open. That was it. No, he deserved it. Are you on board with the the valve crime? I loved it, but I just was honestly loving the fact that in seven hundred years' time, all the stupid people pop out. It's just like, oh my god, let's leave the let's leave the oven on for hours. Refuse this isn't going to last long. It's going to be blown up by the stupid people. (laughs) They've just come out. They're like, brilliant. I've nothing for ages. But let's have a party. Let's make a fire. Let's open all the valves. <laughs> yeah, but Andy, but, have you been footling about in my wardrobe? Have you? I know, I wrote that down. Have you been footling around in my wardrobe? Brilliant. Oh, beautiful. Oh, really I think lovely. that's actually a, probably a brilliant way of um, launching into dress for success. Have you been footling oh. around in my wardrobe? Yes. Oh, I thought they were footling. Were they footling? No, I, I think, think it's really footling. footling. Oh, we'll have to play okay. it in now to find out. That reminds me, why, why are you dressed in these stupid clothes? Hmm? Have you been footling about in my wardrobe? Is that what it is? What do you think you're playing at? Crusades? I'm not playing at anything. Is it all right to wear them? Or do I have to ask permission for that as well? Yes, you do, my dear. Now, you take care of them. You never know when we might use them. Uh-huh. So... Well, that hasn't cleared anything up at all, has it? <laughs> no. Good. Um, great. Yes, dress for success. I'm gonna get dressed for success. So, I like the fact that you've got you kind of come up with the this costumes for the guardians. Um, what should we have? Well, what have we got hanging around? We've got some leotards left over from a gymnastics performance, and we've got a, we've got a Chinese takeaway nearby. We can use those curtains. Those curtains, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good call. Leotard curtain combo always a winner. Yes. Yeah, and we've got flip-flops for India. Honestly, we've got all the flip-flops you'll ever need. <laughs> Let's carry on. Yeah, no, I love that. And I just, I kept imagining it at one point, like, from, like, from 300 years in, which is where I think we started, to, like, the end, seven, you think someone would be like, actually, i just really like to cover my toes up today. I might wear a pair of boots. And I'm just like, or actually, I might pop a pair of shorts on. I just, I fancy just not having that gap between my legs. Like, I just, there'd be no, like, alteration over the decade. And the outfits look just as clean and new in the fucking end of a thousand-year journey as they did at the beginning. They had good cleaners. We didn't see the laundry, but there's a very good laundry on the ark. Very good laundry. Or seamstresses making the same fucking shit over and over again (laughs) that was an odd concept for me so I liked them I liked that they still had labels on their flip-flops come the end as well that was nice they were still manufacturing new ones definitely Ah. so So, um, I always like to think in in 60s Doctor Who particularly there's there's quite a lot of men who have to wear unflattering um, outfits like particularly the tubbier ones and I think but maybe they found it quite freeing to be to be swooshing around the set in a leotard (laughs) (laughs) They're like, I'm just wearing me pants and I'm on TV. <laughs> I think they probably thought it was really good. This is what they all do. <laughs> and didn't you think that, um, I call him Eric, because I don't know what his name was in the show, but he was played by Eric. Um, 
he he was very happy flouncing around, wasn't he? He flounced quite wonderfully. The the main dude who um who got really sick. Oh, the commander. <laughs> the commander was loving yeah. that outfit. Honestly, oh, he, he was, was like leotard oh happy. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he did grin every time I saw him as well. He was like he was so full of joy. That guy he was he adorable. Was. Yeah. But yeah, he he really made good use of the swishing. He just yeah, he flipped from one area to the next with joy in his heart. Mm. I, have yes. a, I thought monoids were yeah, good. Sorry. I do think the monoids were quite good. I like their outfits. They did set them apart quite well. They didn't... The the length of them and... Because often they get a bit scared of the bottom half of an alien. <laughs> yeah. And they do terrible things to it. But I think it just wasn't distracting. Mm. I wasn't checking out for anything dodgy happening down below, which I think... Is always nice. You just kind of like, oh, actually, um, I've not been ruined. The only thing that I'm thinking is you're going to swallow a ping pong ball quite shortly. <laughs> aside from that, it was, it was, it. They did something otherworldly quite well there. It made me think of Miranda and like the one where he, she, she's in the park and she pulls the people's jeans up because they're sagging <laughs> down and like that they're, they're kind of wearing cool jeans around their, you know, quite far down. The crotch is quite far down on the old monon. Is there a crotch? But long way down, yes. Oh, I missed that entirely. They waddled. So, so they get to wear fucking closed-in pants, but the humans have to switch around <laughs> Well, it's around not pants, skirts. it's their skin, I think. Oh. oh Did you see their claw feet? Their claw feet were big. See, maybe I just wasn't looking hard enough. I, I really need to were. get closer in on a monoid's foot. Okay. Yes, okay, good. And... I don't know whether you could tell because it obviously it was black and white, but some of their wigs are actually a surprising colour. And here's the cover of the book. So, <laughs> That's not what you're expecting, is so, it? <laughs> ginger wigs wow. on some of them. Yeah. Oh, only on some of them? Yes, not all of them. Yes. Oh, wow. So I like to think that Paul was wearing a ginger wig. Yeah, Paul <laughs> definitely. You called yeah, one yeah, Paul. I called one, one, as in <laughs> J-U-A-N. One. <laughs> he was called one. And Paul. <laughs> um, what do you think of Dodo's Crusades outfit? Um, was it because she had just been in the Crusades? No, <laughs> no, she doesn't. It's her first story. She's been. She went into the TARDIS to report an accident at the end of the last episode. <sighs> That's all. No, so, so had, they hadn't met her at least. They've met her very briefly at the end of episode four of the massacre. Okay, yeah. so they introduce themselves and then end of the episode kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, yeah, no, I like that then. I like that it was completely unrelated. That, Total. I love mental yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I thought she just... And the fact that she just went and did it, it was... She was just... Yeah, it was quite a relief from, from all of our bloody Tegan and Turlo wearing the same shit all yes. the time. That she just like, right, I'm going to dress dress like... Oh, and it was just like, that. a, a really sort of bold outfit with, you know, the black yeah. leg and the white leg. I like that. And I actually thought, is that a metaphor for the story? Oh, no. <laughs> I think it was. I think there's some real uh, racial tension there. It's not a metaphor for the story at all, but I think oh, I liked it. Was, it. There was a lot of black and white in there, yeah. There really? Was, yeah. Yes, so I think it, yes. Dodo is the linchpin there, I'm saying. Yes, yeah. Stephen's um, outfit, not much to talk about, is there? They're I don't even remember it. Grubby I, I like, obviously, at the very end when we get to see their celestial toy maker outfits, which <gasps> we'll never get to review otherwise. Gorgeous. They were beautiful. Yeah. Well, episode so, four yeah, exists. Impressive. Episode four exists. Oh, nice. I shan't see it. No, you shall. Um, okay, good. But yeah, no, and um, yeah, got a bit of a cop out with the Rapusis ones, so we'll never know. I like to think they were wearing pig leotards. They might not have been. <laughs> yeah, 
They were cheap, weren't they, to, to pull off the refusions. They did very well. <laughs> so that's the end of Dress of Success. Back to yes, the story. I wanted to ask a question about galactic law. I wonder if you can clear yeah. up this legal oh, yeah. point Not for me. Yeah. So at one point at the start with a valve person, stupid valve person, I like to call him Philip. Philip with his valves. Yeah, yeah. He... Um, yeah. He is told that galactic law means that, you know, he has to be miniaturised. I'm thinking, what's galactic law got to do with <coughs> your decisions on the Ark? Yeah. Because you're travelling... And what, do from... the, what does the galaxy care about in 700 years or not? Like, it's completely unrelated kind of yeah. sentencing as well. And if the Earth's been yes. destroyed, you're kind of like... And you're on your own in a space Ark, what what connection do you have to the galaxy and the galactic legal system? Yes. Because they you're just travelling. care about you. Yes. If you're... And then later on, when that mad one, the mad one who wanted power for himself, Zentos, he was insane. And he, at the end of episode, whatever it was, he, he invokes galactic law and says they he must would, all be killed. I, just, yes. I thought the galactic law bits were a bit silly, spacey. Yes. All of you, listen. The success of all we stand for, everything aboard this spaceship is suddenly endangered by the strange fever, a fever brought by these strangers in our midst. I invoke the special galactic law against them. Uh, yes, it was, yeah, it would have been much better if it would just been like final earth law or something like that. Hmm. If that was, they were still going by the last um, laws that had ever existed or arc in, laws. Indeed. So you hadn't seen this before. No. Did you realise straight away that you were on a spaceship? I suppose you knew from the title, the arc. Yes, it did seem instantly obvious. Oh, no, not straight yeah. away. Like, I guess I'm assuming that we possibly are. I felt they were a bit reluctant to say the word zoo. I was screaming zoo. I know they said whipsnade, but they kept talking about an indoor animal park. Right. And I kept saying, you mean a zoo? Yes. <laughs> they just wouldn't say the word zoo, and I don't know why it was like they were determined not to say yes. it. Yes. It felt to me. And interesting, I guess, also that they decided to keep... The animals animated when most and the, the only reason that humans were animated were to keep things trucking along. Yeah, they could have just put really them all in cupboards, point. like they had everyone else. Yes, I suppose that's for people's leisure time. That but you don't just really go need a, a chameleon for your leisure time. <laughs> it's never helped me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a monitor lizard. Sorry, they had a chameleon in there as well. Thank you very much. Oh, yes, they did. Yes. I remember, Bitching. yes. Bitcheroo. Um... <laughs> Bitcheroo. <laughs> I like the bit at the start. They obviously were trying to get the hornbill bird uh, to do something, so they just threw it at the monitor lizard. They just, like, at the start, just goes, what? They just really? threw it in there. What is yeah, that? Yes, at, the, oh, at the very start. The, it was in the first scenes. Yes, gosh. Yeah. I liked Bill did getting... Did you realise? Yeah. yeah, come on. Bill getting annoyed no, with go. Dodo's language. He, d- he does question it quite often, which I think is kind of... Because it's such basic language. It's like, oh, sure, that's fab. And it's like, excuse me, <laughs> to talk about your language later. And it was just... It, yeah, it felt quite rich. Later on, she just says, she just says, okay. <laughs> He's like, what did you say? <laughs> I don't know what was. And the brilliant thing is that Bill can barely get a sentence out Anyway, like most sentences, yeah. you're like willing him to get to the end because you're going to fuck it up somehow. So the fact yeah. that he's having a go at someone else's lines was quite brilliant. But it was quite a cute little yeah. thing. I liked how her language did feel quite natural. Like it, the way she spoke did feel more of our time. Like because they do tend to keep everyone quite Queen's Englishy in all yeah. companions. So the fact that they had a companion who was allowed to be slightly colloquial was actually quite interesting. 
Now, where is that other young woman I want? Here I am, Doctor. Oh, good. Now, look here. Go to the TARDIS and bring these things back will for me, do, will you? Will... Yes, certainly. Fine, fine. How will I know where to find them? Well, open your eyes, my dear child, otherwise you, you won't be any use to me, will you? Okay. <laughs> what did you say? I said okay. Yes, I thought you did. Now, once this crisis is over, I am going to teach you to speak English. Was she the first Northern? Yeah, they apparently in episode four of The Massacre, which I haven't heard for a long time, um, she's more, even more Northern, and they toned it down. And then during the arc, it tones down gradually even more. So by the end of the arc, she's more sort of RP. More, right. Yeah. And it's something they were trying, but they kind of reversed the they decision. They were afraid. Sort of oh, thing. okay. It, it did. It felt nice. It felt nice to have someone with yeah. a more real accent just talking like you normally would. It, yeah, it was. It felt right. So it's a shame that they. Because she kept going. She kept going on about and Minos. Minos is. I know she did. That was really beautiful, and I just. Yeah. Or um, yeah, and when he asked her if. Yeah, are, are you crying? And she was just like, no, fuck off. <laughs> she didn't say fuck off. Yeah, it was the nose was running. But like, it just was like... I think Billy, Billy would have told her off for that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say that <laughs> off? No, it was just okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, yeah, I just, I quite liked that they kept, that kind of running joke that they kept asking her if she was crying. And she was like, no, sort of. And then eventually she said, no, I am crying now, actually, because I've just... Yeah, yes, that was good, because it was kind of, yeah... yeah. Spread through the whole ship, become an epidemic. Well, that depends on the strength of the virus infection. If it's half as bad as my co-was, it will. Oh, do blow your nose, child. It's running all over the place. No, it isn't. I'm crying this time. <laughs> At one point as well, um, she says, "Well, we'll have a, uh, the doctor says we'll have a quick look around the jungle and then we'll get you back to the TARDIS and off to bed." Yeah. Do you hear that? <laughs> What? <laughs> I just to me, I quite like that. It felt a bit again like he got his granddaughter back. Like I, th- I felt like he definitely yeah. wanted. He does. He does feel like his role is to to look after the young wee ladies. It is always the ladies. He would not deal the same if no. if uh, Stephen was even the same age. It's it's about the gender. But I thought it was quite. There's a cuteness. Obviously, it's it's horrific for yeah, any kind of progression. But I, I do like that he wants them to be kept safe and warm at home. It's quite nice. Yeah, and I wrote down, and a jolly good smacked bottom if she doesn't doesn't get her English language yeah. a bit more proper. <laughs> That's true. Didn't he say, doesn't he say that to Susan at one point? And a jolly good smacked does bottom. He? I'm sure he does. Oh, yeah, to Susan, definitely. He would have said any old yeah. shit like that. It was awful. Yeah. Yes. But what you need is a jolly good smack bottom. But um, interestingly, um, Jackie Lane did test for Susan, or was in the running for Susan. Oh. But she pulled out when she found out it was only a year. It was a full year, rather. She didn't want to do a full year. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And so, so was Dodo yeah. not for a full year, or she just hadn't got enough work and she's like, fuck it, I need it. No, honestly, no, she gets five, only gets five stories, I think. Cause basically, she was brought in by one producer, and then the next producer sort of like... The new producer started trailing the old producer on the arc... Um, and he decided against her. So, so basically, she was always oh, being so she run by an inherited it. producer. So, oh. so she was she was sacked by. She was doomed. Oh, really? She was got rid of. Yeah, and Stephen. Yeah, they were well. Yeah. Well, I can understand Stephen, but yeah, <laughs> very yeah, probably a short one of the shortest run companions apart from the obvious ones. Ah. Yeah. 
Oh, I, yeah, I did really quite like her. I, I did. did. I was not against her at all. Yeah. Um, and even, like, I felt like you were supposed to start to hate her a bit. Like, they were really trying to vilify her for the cold thing. It was just like, it's so 100% not her fault. Like, the Doctor should be on this shit. Like, he, as someone who has the responsibility of a time machine, should have things in place to make sure he doesn't bring diseases to different places. Like, that should be, like, they should have some kind of chamber to clean themselves off so that kind of thing doesn't happen yeah it just it seemed like a really unlikely thing that it's never occurred before or since like it's it's a really strange kind of oversight that has never been considered i guess yeah because like, that should be a number one thing that i don't know an explorer of any kind would yeah. consider yeah so it was really good that they did explore it here and it's it's a yeah. good pre- it's a good premise yeah 100 um, in the jungle this is a mystery that was never solved, and they make a real point of make pointing it out. And I'm like, I wonder if it's in the book as well. But when they see a drawing of a zebra with two heads, did you see that bit? No. <laughs> There's a bit where they see a zebra with two heads, a, a drawing, and they're like, oh, why has oh. it got two heads? And it's it's never referred to since. <laughs> it's just like, what? That's really strange. I want to know if anyone could oh. could write in. Oh, that guy, isn't that extraordinary? Oh, very interesting. Looks like a zebra with two heads. Yes, well, that could be the imagination of the artist. Mm, perhaps, and perhaps not. What then? Hmm? Hmm. Yes, we've already established, established this place as illogical. Why shouldn't there be animals with two heads? Hmm? No reason at all. Except the more we see of it, the less like Earth it becomes. So that's yeah. Wilton and Time, oh, London yeah. Television Centre, <laughs> Wood Lane. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. If you, within your court system, use the measurement of time of 700 years, would you then not use that? Wouldn't you not say that that was your measurement of time and not just say, using your measurement of time, it's 700 years. It's fucking everyone's measurement of time. It's yours because <laughs> you just sentenced someone to it. So it's your fucking measurement of time. Nobody bloody else's. Acts like he's having a kindness there. <laughs> you, you, you tell you him, Alex. Say. You tell him. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. But I did like the progress shown by um, when they decided to make a statue that they decided the best thing to do would be a statue of a middle-aged white man. Like, I thought that was ideal. That's what I would want. It shows real progression in the human race. I just thought, good plans. You've really showed them what for. You and your diversity is brilliant. They are really... Yeah. Terrible. I mean, we should get into the racial issues here, shouldn't we? I mean, it's very much the monoids are black and the white people are incredibly white. They're not just humans. They're all actually white humans. And, you know, it's it's very... Stark. There's, it was really funny when they asked about the where did the monoids come from, and they says the origin of the monoids is obscure. And I'm like, what does what does that even mean? <laughs> Just because you don't know where they come from doesn't mean their origin is obscure. It, that was yeah. even that was I don't know. like it was part <laughs> it of it. Should be your answer. Yeah, they, it just. Uh, <laughs> no, and, and also like the first their introduction. Obviously, we're meant to be terrified of them because how they look. And oh, Stephen says. Stephen says they look terrifying. And then Dodo hasn't seen one yet. And she says, they sound awful. And she's really building up this sort of picture of how they're just disgusting. Right. Oh. Okay, yeah. So I I guess the thing that really struck me from how, from straight off is just the fact that the Doctor was so 
okay with their enslavement. Like he just, yeah, he was like, yeah, um, you are actually a lot more intelligent than this, aren't you? Oh, well, carry on. Let's go home. Yes. Like he just, like when they were doing the cure and there was the monoid nurse and yeah. I thought that was a really interesting scene. Um, and I think you were meant to feel, oh, you see the doctor accepts the monoid nurse. And it's like, well, yes, because the monoid nurse is as good as a human yeah. nurse. Yeah, it, it, it was, the whole thing was quite disgusting, I found. Like, the whole, the whole cornerstone of the first two episodes, obviously being about the, the plague side of yeah. things, the kind of bringing this disease. But the, at that point, it, they were very much saying that slavery is fine, slavery is okay. There's, it just wasn't even a conversation point at any moment. There was just the doctor or the companions never, ever talked about the fact that they were actually enslaving them. They were just, it just was kind of insinuated that they love to serve and that's their thing. And isn't it yeah, great? They said, they said at one point, the, the leader guy, Eric, said, um, they offered us their invaluable services. And I thought that sentence, I wrote that down, was kind of that hid a multitude of evils. Yeah. It's like we, we saw an opportunity, we've used them. And let's say their yeah. origin story is obscure and we don't know, so that we're kind of offering them something that's that's yeah. stable and correct and human. Yeah. But then the learning piece as well really didn't come later on because at one point one of the um, humans in the in the future then says oh, well, we were a bit silly because we gave them access to, to, um, to learning and they were allowed to, be, to um, work out a way of communicating and we were idiots kind of thing. Like, and it really felt like the moral they were trying to on there was like, keep them down. <laughs> Don't yes. let the scum learn. It really, it was a And really also, hard... yeah, the message that they'll just have civil war. They'll just start killing yeah. each other. Which yeah. is like, wow, that was dark and really gave me a different feel about this story. I don't know, doing these episodes for the pod, doing any story for the podcast, you do look at it in a new way and I look for more meaning than I ordinarily would and I really felt yes. the, the racial tensions the, element of there this. Was, honestly, huge. there was so many meaning. Like, to me, I pulled out um, five kind of distinct concepts within the whole thing. I found like there was a real um, issue and I guess uh, needs to be dug into the whole, the fact that the whole progression of the human race has still led to the fact that men were more important and women were secondary. Yeah. There really was that yes. that place in there and the, there was no representation. It really was just white and nothing else. Yeah. I felt that obviously slavery being completely acceptable, uh, I thought that the plague concept was bizarre and brilliant. And then, and then the moral of apathy is, <laughs> is something that is going to like cause people to... Um, lose power, which I felt was quite a nice little. Um, what's happened to the UK? It's just like if you if you stop giving enough of a shit, then evil people will take over. Yeah. <laughs> just like yeah, fair enough. Exactly. Um, but then yeah, my my fifth point was a little bit dodgy. It was like the refusions are weird fuckers. <laughs> just, <laughs> they're like I'd love to be taken over. Go on, take over. I know they're Keep like they know the people are coming, so they actually yeah. build houses for them. It's so oh, weird. That for them? That's not for they themselves. built no, they built it for them. And that was their aim to land there and recreate life on this planet. Yes, we've known for some time of the journey of the vessel you call the Ark, and we welcomed it. 
That is why we built places like this. I see, just to make us comfortable. I didn't think you needed places like this for yourselves. <laughs> no. Once, we had a shape and form something like you. Then there was a galaxy accident, a giant solar flare. Now, we no longer have a being that you can see or recognize. But, uh, can you see each other? Not even that. Oh, we can sense one another, but that is all. That is why it would have been good for Ephesus to be inhabited again by life and the signs of life, provided that the beings who come to take our place are peaceful. That's what's wow. so weird. They built those... And yet, yeah. there was a, a kind of an old boys thing about it. It felt like they were members of the Masons or something like that, or the, the you know, like a gentleman's club. It's just like, oh, yeah, we're one of, the, one of a kind, you and I, we're... We're refusions, we're humans, we like the same values, and we would never yeah. throw vases, but the monoids, they're bad. Like, it just... They um, don't know how to behave. Just, no, because and no human's ever thrown a vase. That's one no. thing I know. Never happened. Yeah. Um, Zentos is the most white of the, of the humans we meet. He's, I mean, they're all white, but he's like, he's the one who's really xenophobic for no good reason, and he's really sort of... <laughs> Afraid. Angry. He's afraid of everything. He's so afraid, but ridiculously yeah. xenophobic. And it's just like, he doesn't trust anyone. And he has this sort of Avon line at one point. He says, you can trust machines, not people. Yes. Yeah. And I, I love how, but also he's not wholly like that because he also gives in to his instincts or his superstitions. Like, he's yeah. like oh, my instincts tell you. Yes. And it's just, it, it was really quite nice that he was so solidly going to back his instinct. His instinct told him one thing. So any amount of facts that were shown to him were not going to make any headway. It was just, my instincts say you're bad, say you're bad. I'm not listening to anything actually real to, to make me think anything different. Yeah. Um, back to Dodo for a moment. I thought it was really good that it was Dodo who actually names it the Ark. I loved that mm -hmm. time, time travel element of it, that she says, oh, it's like the yes. Ark. And then, then they say, oh, we named it after the, the travellers came and they said that's what it was. I loved yes. that element of it and that it yeah. was Dodo. The time was travel cute. piece was... Honestly, as soon as episode three started, I was so excited. Yeah. When I saw the monoid statue, I was like, oh. It's an amazing cliffhanger, passed. isn't it? So good. Oh, it's good. Proper really? classic sci-fi. I mean, that was the bit where I yes. really got the time machine. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Well done. Yeah. Look, there's nobody here, is there? We've only been gone a few seconds. Melly, I'm back, oh. Dr. Stephen, look. What is it, my dear? What have you found? Hmm? The statue. They finished the statue. The fact that they gave us really a second story, um, it was really, it, it came out of nowhere and it was, it was well done. It, yeah, but it just, it did really, the way they dealt with the race issue was just, I guess it was of a time, but yeah, like the way that the um, the humans talk about the fact of, of how they're kept down and like, oh, the, the kitchens, they're so, um, the walls are thick and you can only open it from one side. And I'm thinking, you guys designed this stuff. You guys designed this stuff for the monoids to be enslaved within them so that they couldn't get out. And now you're angry that it's being used yeah. against you. Like it was just, it was... Is this, is, really is this the in the security kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called, the security kitchen. Oh, is it? The mono it. says they will be held, oh, wow. take them to the security kitchen. Which I just <laughs> <love>. <laughs> the 
that's like classic well-known in Doctor Who fandom that the security kitchen uh-huh. is like who has the yeah. security no, kitchen no you need it <laughs> we all need one it's an oversight but I don't have one in place I want to just go back a bit for a moment to the point at which um, the statue's first introduced um, yeah they, they're all excited the Guardians are all excited to show the time travellers it and they say would you like to see it and Dodo says it depends <laughs> <laughs> not if it not if it's shit <laughs> <laughs> I'd never noticed that before. It depends. Miriam, why don't you show the young people the statue? Would you like to see it? It depends. Yes, yeah, of course we would. Come on. This way. <laughs> Good answer. She really Dana. does say it like she feels it, doesn't she? She, she does. really is like, yeah, I love like that. Really good. Um, oh, and I have to say, at the end of episode one, when Zentos, the really xenophobic one, said, um, when the, the the cold's going to wipe them all out. And he, in front of all the children present, he says, we might all die. It's been pointless. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wow. Keep care a bit of it. Don't say it in front of everyone. It's the whole crowd. <laughs> we might all die. And the children are like, yeah. what? <laughs> he, was, he was really enjoying catastrophizing. He was. He was like, that was his happy place. And um, so... Can you just explain to me, hmm. or not explain to me actually, just muse with me, is that what we reckon would happen? Like if if a disease had died out that in the first place had never really been fatal, would well, then when it was reintroduced become possibly fatal? Yes, because we wouldn't have the immunity anymore because the immunity would have sort of like genetically bred out of us, I think. Yeah. But is that why people don't die from colds now? Or is it because we have enough residual immunity? Like, um, and well, so if, this is, this is if, going back to the black and white thing and the colonial thing. You know, it's on record that white men went to, to islands or places where other people had never been and killed the indigenous population um, with colds. So that this is based on right. reality okay. of the world and history. Yes. But that, right, but that made right, me right, think right. of the black and white thing again, you know, that it was just... Yes. It was a reminder of Yeah, that. in a completely different angle. Yeah, no, absolutely. We need to talk about the COVID element of, of this. Time. I mean, we're watching this, like, uh, when we are, and it, it so much of it was too close to home. Again, it's happened so many times. And we had... This is the mm. link to our last story as well, Terminus, which had an infection and... You know. Oh, is that our link? That's our God, link. That's a bit fucking tenuous. No, isn't I it? couldn't. Come right, up with is that what you could find? But I got really annoyed when people, some people were wearing face masks and other people weren't. <laughs> and it was like, oh, really? Yeah. Who was wearing face masks when they were doing the um, the um, they were, it was the visor. They were wearing visors rather, but they weren't right. wearing them properly over their nose. They were like the nose was like, well, that's not going to do anything for you. <laughs> do you need a tutorial? And um, this really funny bit where all the white people are milling around in the um, in the main arc room, and then suddenly a monoid suddenly gets up and he's wearing a mask, and the monoid's wearing a mask, and I think it's really yeah. funny. It's you know, that's really deliberate. It's like, well, the monoids are actually more um, in danger because they're getting felled by it more than the the the, the guardians are. Is uh, that the person who dies in the golf cart? Yes, but there's a, later on, one of the monoids actually is wearing a mask because he realises that the monoids right. are more in danger. Yeah. And I was just thinking, that's a really, really interesting link with COVID as well because people of colour are more more susceptible to COVID. Oh, are they? Oh, yes. Wow. Oh, yeah, Didn't truly, know. it's a known thing. But, um, but just the fact that some people would take 
um, precautions and wear masks than some people wouldn't. He just barges through everyone in a mask and think, go on, mate, well done. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah good lad. But it was, it was that. But also the fact that the whole story is based on the fact that long COVID is a thing. Because really, the humans have got long COVID, haven't they? Because With their long-term apathy, yes. yes. And I was yeah, like, oh my true. God, so the COVID element. But also that the... the um, there was the, the fact that the virus mutated after the doctor goes. Everyone thinks it's fine and the virus mutates. Yes, yes. And I was like, yeah, oh my true. God, this is so so on the money in terms of real yes. science. Oh, t- t- I just want to mention two little things before I forget them that I noticed. When we first see the people on the ark, um, there's the four children playing Ring of Roses or, or going around in oh, a circle. What? Yes, and I just noticed. I never noticed it before. And also, oh, wow. I noticed... One boy who tries to do a bit of amateur dramatics when they're all arguing about whether Stephen should be killed and the traveller should be killed, and um, he's like, <laughs> does this? And I'm like, he's a little kid of eight, and he's thinking, I'm going to get into the acting profession. I'm involved, and he has a say. How did he do? Have you seen what his career then went on? To no be? idea, but he was very sweet. Okay. And also another moment where someone slips in his sandal. Oh, it's so sweet. He's in the background oh, and he goes, miss. tries to go around the back of the monoid car and he slips really badly. And I'm like, I was so, enjo- oh. I enjoyed it so much that I actually invite, I watched this on my own, but I invited Marisa through so she could just see the slipping. <laughs> I love a sandal slip. It really is the best it can be. I think it's episode two if you're looking for it. Oh, I also wrote down Zentos is Jacob Rees-Mogg. Yes. Very much. Yes, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, hate anything that you don't understand and be afraid of it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, did you recognise the um, the human guardian um, microvirologist? Michael Sheard, was it? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. Looking quite yeah. buff, I thought. I thought his arms... Buff were... is not a term that I'd use for Michael I know, Sheard. that's what I was saying. His <laughs> arms were pretty good. I was quite surprised. Good old Michael Sheard. Are you unable Gosh. to think of Michael Sheard in a sexual way? <laughs> <laughs> I will actually can go. I am absolutely 100% unable to do this. <laughs> Good to know. But yeah, no, as soon as we returned and I kind yeah. of was like, okay, monoids are in charge. I was like, yeah, fair play. It was just, I, there was no part of me that was like, oh no, we must stop this. I was like, yeah, it's as it should be. You guys got shit and someone took over because they were more capable. And also you clearly showed you were more than happy to treat them like this. So honestly, why would you not? You just, you left a void. They picked it up, fix it. Like, and it's just like, now it's an issue. Now the doctor's like, oh, we must help them out. It's like, what? What the fuck? Just leave one alone like you did last yeah, time. Because you, you see that scene, that first scene in one of the early scenes in episode three, and it's like you see a guardian bringing a glass of drink, a glass of water to the monoid, and and they're saying, um, Dodo says they're sort of like slaves, aren't they? And I wrote down, sort of like the monoids were. <laughs> No one had seen it. No one had remarked on it. It was just fine because they looked a bit different and then deserved to be the there. the doctor decides, ah, oh, well, the term I'll use now for the monoids is they, they are overlords. So he kind yes. of makes... But he didn't ever say the Guardians were overlords. No. That wasn't mentioned. Wow. It was just not, It didn't even pop into anyone's head for the first two episodes. No one even batted an eyelid. It was just absolutely fine. But, yeah. But I did really find that that, that point... That the Beeb was trying to make about, oh, well, it was our own fault because we let them learn and develop kind of thing was just a really odd one. Like, why is that the point you're trying to make here? Yeah. 
It was, yeah, it was a very strange area. But I was also a bit confused by them saying it was a recent revolution. I hadn't, I hadn't noticed that before. Oh, I got very stuck on that. So yeah. recent revolution, how far down yeah. the body were we at this point? Like, was it the hand bit? Did yeah. the hand thing matter? Like, I just was like, so it, I reckon from shoulders up, that's probably about 70 years. Yes. So, like, That's what how they meant. recent is that? I think they meant in terms of the whole voyage. I had to guess it as, as a recent revolution. Right. Rather than, like, but yeah, a I few weeks ago. If it's, been, <laughs> if it's been your entire life and your parents' entire life, you're not saying that was recent. You're not. Yeah. Like, that, that's not normal. Like, that's... You've known nothing else. These people are about 30. And yeah. they're, they're not saying it's recent. I was born into this. This has been my life forever. So I think recent is a is a stretch. Yeah. I mean, maybe monoids are quicker at doing them. They were desperate. Oh, we're like we now we can do the monoid statue head. We'll get this going. Now they'd only just finished it. It was going to take exactly seven hundred years from the the ankle. Okay. But also, yeah. I, you blew my mind earlier when you said that they'd only been travelling for three hundred years by the time the Doctor and Dodo and Stephen arrived, which I'd never considered. I always thought like they'd been flying around for thousands of years before that, but clearly not. It's interesting. Well, how high up have they got? Was it ankles or a bit further? Yes, but that depends. You don't know whether they decide to create the statue right at the start of their voyage. I think that maybe they had a committee meeting like a few hundred thousand years in. <laughs> they're like, Day one. oh, I think we should do something Day tomorrow. Day one, we need a statue. <laughs> that. If that's my only measurement of time, then you're not taking that away from me. Day one, the committee meeting had already happened on Earth. They started it. I was just thinking I'd love in my garden, in the woods bit that we've got, just to put a giant monoid statue in the garden. Wouldn't that be amazing? Would be really good. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might get some kind of Mildell committee problem if I try it in this garden. <laughs> I think the neighbours will come knocking. Giant monoid statues everywhere would be so cool. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't be against it. Oh, just back to the plague for a moment. When they, they announced in horror, because they weren't bothered about monoids dying that much, but when the yeah. first guardian died... And and I immediately thought in my head, they probably had underlying health conditions. It <laughs> 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 just went through my head, the phrase underlying health conditions. <laughs> it's just so funny how COVID has changed our perspective on things. Yes. Totally now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, did you enjoy, did you know Venusa in the security kitchen? The woman who... Stephen was flirting with. Did you recognise her? Oh, right, no. What about you, Vanessa? I'll stay too. Right. You could have gone with them. They don't need me. You don't know the Ark. You'll need me to help you find the bomb. No. Charmian Wentworth from Survivors. First series of Survivors. Right, tell me what she does. Is she just someone who fancies Dennis Lill? Everyone's just someone who fancies Dennis no, Lill. No, well, he's more series two anyway. He's only in the first... One episode of series one. But Charmian who? Charmian Wentworth. Wentworth. She wears a yellow mac all the time. She arrives with Arthur and she's his secretary. And he's like the businessman and they... Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember now. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do remember, yeah. Mr Russell, I think these people need us. Oh, do you? Yes. Perhaps more than we need them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. So how many years between the two? Oof. Oh, well, this, is, si- 10, this is 66, and Survivors was 75, so oh. it's not that much different. So she ages quite no, badly between those two, I think. <laughs> oh. Rude. <laughs> she just has a bad perm in Survivors. It's not her fault. <laughs> oh. 
Eileen Helsby as I live and breathe. Did, were you impressed with how good at interior design the refusions were? Like, I felt like they'd really devoted themselves to some real considered decor choices. And also, like, were really careful with their flower arranging. Like, when he's putting the flowers back in, he's not just plopping them no, back in. No, he's like thinking, well, let's get these right. I think he's done a, f- <laughs> I think they've done a, bit, a few church harvest festivals. I think they know what they're Quite doing. Quite possibly. Yeah. So, uh, but what's the point then? That because they were invisible, they didn't need houses. Is that what you're telling me? They, because they weren't of no substance. Because they no, carried exactly, it, exactly. I don't understand. But they built them for the people. I, I've got a whole confusion about refuses, because all right, I've got several. I want you to answer these questions. These are the refuse yeah. refuses questions, and you can brook yeah. no refusal. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Nice. Um, I refuse to believe the following things about refuses. Um, yeah. Number one, that they knew it was habitable, even though it's a thousand years away from where it is, where they are. How did they chat? How did they work this shit no. out? Well, they, they mentioned audio space research, which sounds like a new science. Sounds a bit Mickey Mouse to me. Audio mm-hmm. space research. What's that? Do they ping a sound wave yeah. off the planet and it's like? They just, they just listen and think, oh, oh yeah, build a house, all right. Sounds nice. Um, <laughs> and also, why, when they're still seven hundred years away from it, earlier in the story, does Zentos and a few other people think? that they must be refusion spies sent ahead to stop them? Yes, because they, they think they're all up for it. But yet, why, why in the first place are refuses ready and waiting? Like, uh, when has that, this communication happened? All of that. Like, they knew they're coming, so, but they obviously had no contact with them the entire flight. None. So, yeah, it's very strange that they've managed they don't to know if they, they don't know if it's already inhabited happening. by other people. They don't know whether they'll be welcome. They know it's habitable. They say it's habitable, but you don't know whether you can get go there or not with hundreds of no. well millions of people. It's with very millions odd. of people and stupid people. <laughs> yes, the stupid <laughs> people. Forget. Forever opening valves on things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> There's a valve. Quick. <laughs> Where's the taps? <laughs> Oh, yeah, so that was all a bit odd because how that yeah, would assume sorry, that the refusions therefore would travel seven hundred years just to try and stop them coming, which would mean they would have to commit really firmly to them not coming by actually having people sacrifice themselves to actually travel on that journey. Because why would they yeah. assume they have faster space travel than they do? It doesn't. None of that makes sense at all. I, I guess the what I guess the one answer I could give you for that is that. When you're a xenophobe, you're not thinking clearly. Yes, that's you're generally true. just thinking like, ah, bad yeah. things are happening, and it must be someone else's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, that kind of does ring true that that would be a thought, but not that it would actually have happened. Yeah. Can I take you to my favourite scene in the whole story? It's in episode three, and it's when they're on the dodo, the dodo, when dodo is on the surface of Refusus with a monoid. I think it's monoid one, one. And she says, are you up to something? And he goes, um, no. <laughs> oh, it was so good. It was so good. And she's like, well, I don't really believe you now. They are so bad at that. <laughs> are you up to something? I'm going, no. <laughs> it was fantastic. 
fantastic. Oh. It was like the best line ever. It felt like a deliberate comedy line. Yeah. It was just so gorgeously done. Yeah, it was yes. so good. Yes, I bet it'll take some time to get the whole of the population down here, so the sooner you get started, the better I should think. Don't worry. It may not take as long as you think. What do you mean? Are you up to something? Uh, no. No, but you gave yourself away, didn't you? Oh, I love that. That's definitely the best scene in the whole thing. But also, why? Why was that? That was Paul, wasn't it? No, it was Wan. Oh, it was Wan. Okay. One. So. Yeah. Okay, so I've now checked, and it was actually Monoid Two. So why was? So why was Wan? Um, so, so that was the guy who decided to to implant a bomb in. The statue, the statue that was actually of them ultimately, which yeah, I thought was to cool. Like, destroy the humans, yeah, destroy the guardians. But not all of them were in with that plan, were they? Some of the monoids were like, "Oh, for Paul was not in on the plan because he thought it was." He said, "Why does he speak for us?" But they didn't really. They weren't guardian supporting. They just thought he was a bad leader. It was more of a power grab from four. Yeah, no one was like, "Oh, let's not kill the humans." Yeah. Then, but they were like, "But I thought it was really interesting that they didn't want to enslave the guardians permanently. They they just wanted to get rid of them. They were like, "Nah, we're destroying you all." We don't need you. We don't need slaves. Because even when that one who enjoys being a slave comes back, Maharis. And, and he's called Maharis. By the way, I joined this this team's call as Maharis. I don't know whether you know. <laughs> I wondered what that was. I was like, I don't recognise it. Okay. <laughs> he was the slave who came running out of the capsule to say, I'm back, yeah. master, and they killed him. He was like, bang. <laughs> yes. I nearly joined as Melium, but I thought I'd join as Maharis because Melium was an annoying name. I'm much happier with Maharis. So, um,. So were all of the monoids on board with the bombing? Like, uh, most of them knew what was happening? Or was it just, like, some guy secret squirrelling away with his bomb? Like, were I don't they know. All, like, I think the, the, inner, the inner circle knew about it, but not everyone. I don't know. Right. Okay. Because hmm. he, he did seem really like a naughty child. He's like, you up to something? Like, <laughs> like he just, it's like he just played a practical joke. The He's mono- like, you'll find out later. The, the monoids are the worst Lucy. liars of any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. one of the oh yeah, the collaborator Maharis. Didn't you think if you listen back again, he sounds just like Josh Widdicombe? I oh. couldn't get away from it. Yeah, listen to him again. Well, we'll He's play, just got we'll Josh play a bit voice. of him in now. Nice. I bring you news. Why does everyone back away from him? Because he's one of the subject guardians, what you'd call a collaborator. What does your news amount to? How much can we trust you? But you must. It's go, important. Go back to your masters. What I have to say concerns us all. Perhaps we should listen. No, he speaks with the voice of the monoids. No longer. They intend to betray us all. Even those of us who worked for them. How? They plan to leave us behind when they land on refuses. Would you have expected anything else? But there's more. When they go, they'll leave a device behind that will destroy the Ark and everything in it. Good. Now, when accidents happen, right... When things fall over and, and fall out of cupboards. When accidents happen, what sort of accident do you describe them as? Have you ever experienced a galaxy accident? <laughs> <laughs> What's a galaxy accident? What did they talk? Did they call something a galaxy accident? Yeah, they accident? called it a galaxy accident, yes. What um, was that? Um, it, was, it was what happened to the refusions that made them invisible. It was a galaxy accident. <laughs> a galaxy accident. Oh, that would be like galactic law. 
galaxy yes, accident. Yes, yes, invoke galactic law. law, have a galaxy accident. Yes. This is what happens. Yes. I like to call them yeah, galax- yeah. galaxidents. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That is the best. The arc is a place for a galaxident to happen. It I is. love that. It's a galaxident waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, if we had episode tiles, that would be it. Yes. Yeah, it's a galaxident waiting to happen. <laughs> Into episode four, I really liked the um, line "Prepare the monoid population trays." It just it just stripped off the tongue. The monoid population trays. They were the the trays with the miniaturized monoids in them because they wanted those. They did have miniaturized monoids. Yes, they did have some. Yes, and there were silver boxes. And I thought the humans were stupid. When the monos were saying, be careful with those. And if I'd been one of these enslaved humans, I would have just shaken the box around <laughs> against the side of the scenery and stuff. And they were like being really careful. I was like, no, just like jumping on it and crushing it. <laughs> and, then, and then honestly, when all these when I was saying all these stupid humans would be going around, there'd be all these fucked up fucking monos like oh, oh. <laughs> What day is it? That's awful. You're a very bad man. I know, it's bad, isn't it? Yes. I wrote down the humans should drop the monoid boxes and not be careful. <laughs> yeah, they were really stupid. Yeah. The whole like so what was the was the intimation then that the cold thing had brought on a general apathy which had left this vacuum for the but this is the problem as well though it's over 700 years an apathy that lasts for 700 years isn't that just because they were bored of being on the ark yeah like so many things are going to happen to you as a result of being on a because i because i wrote down on the earlier episodes as well there's an awful lot of milling about there's so many things where people are just milling. They don't seem to be very yes. task-oriented. There people is are a, a, sitting a around. whole society section who does stand in that room and look around and go, oh, yes, goodbye! Yeah. Yeah. We would say that, wouldn't yeah. we? Because we are <laughs> milling about on the ark. <laughs> I wrote down there's an awful lot of milling. But, yes. um, but also, there was the, remember the Brexiteer woman? The evil woman in um, episode two when she shouts, Kill them all! <laughs> really nasty woman and she was like she like had one line it was like mum when she had that one line in the gondoliers <laughs> she like, and it's like took over the whole production for one second <laughs> That's good, yeah. oh, funny. so how many monoids are there is it just one to four um, or is there a couple more? No, there's more. And there's people who, some I think on some people, like there's 110 and something like that to make it seem like there's lots oh, of them. Yeah. Oh, is there? Oh, that's good to know. I really did feel like they they, they did do a bad job of scale with the monoids. Yeah. They made it look like there really was two, whereas there was a lot of humans at all times. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. Oh, it's probably just expensive to make the costume then, maybe. Yeah. Back to Venusa. I thought she was very brave and practical and clearly didn't have long COVID or any problems. She was really good. She was like, yes. well, you need me to find the bomb. And she was very flirty with Stephen as well. I could see it. Yes, but also very, like, mistrustful of Maharis. Like, she was not having it. I said, no, uh-huh. no, not ever talking to him again. Nah, he's a bastard. No. No, no one changes, <laughs> fuckers. I'm now thinking of you saying Maharis. And it's like... <laughs> Maharis. Oh, Maharis. <laughs> Maris. <laughs> if if we'd watched this story when we were back in the day, we would have used Maharis oh. as a word. 
with we would, Honestly, we would have been hysterical every time we came on. We would, there'd be certain episodes that we just wouldn't have been able to watch at all without just being in fits on the floor. So, I think we would have got so much joy from this Wouldn't one. we? We'd have watched this again and again, wouldn't we? Yeah, I really reckon. Like, it just, it had lots of bits to it. There was lots to get hold of. Like, there's, yeah, it, it was an impressive... Like, even if you don't look into it as we would for the podcast, I feel like just the the basics of the story was still interesting enough. You didn't have to look deep at everything to no. still be quite entertained by it all. Now, I've got to... Now, well, this is terrible. This is the worst Doctor moment ever in the history of Doctor Who, I think. So the Guardians are with the Doctor and Dodo in the weird refusion house <laughs> near the vase with the flowers. And... The Guardians said, the way they were fighting, there won't be many of them left about the Monoids. And the Doctor says, splendid. (laughs) Wow. So I wrote down, yay for genocide. (laughs) I know. But what about the Monoids? The way they were fighting, there won't be many of them left. Splendid, come on. But that was really consistent throughout, that I think the Doctor really didn't... Like, it wasn't even the Doctor who came up with the idea that but the condition is that you all must live well together. Like the refusions were the guys who yeah. kind of like came up with that. Yes. Like the doctor throughout was quite white supremacist. Like he only was annoyed at all when he came back and saw that the monoids were yeah. taking over. Like he, he really was up for a bit of, of death for them. But, but um, at the yeah. end, he does finally redemptively, slightly redemptively say, that, well, the monoids were treated like slaves. He finally calls yes. it out. Yeah, and I was no, relieved. Got, now, now we've got a conscience, but it was just, it was way too little too late. Oh, yes, yeah. it was necessary, yeah. but yeah, it was yeah. it was so late to get a conscience and actually recognise. Like, it was, it was, it did feel like one of those people who just, throughout an entire uprising, had just sat on their ass and done nothing. Yeah. And then at the last minute, so yeah, he had a point. Yeah, it just, it was, it was not okay. He really... That's kind of what the Doctor is supposed to be for us as the viewer. He is supposed to be the voice of reason, the voice of care, and who will stand back and look at every race for their good and bad and really be quite open to it. But he was was quite keen to, to hate on the monoids. Like, there was no... Like, if we look at any other story, there would always be some shit dude throwing a vase or being a twat who was human and you don't just say oh well because he's human that's it they're all fuckers it's Mm. just like yeah you get good people and you get bad people you get angry monoids because they've been enslaved for a thousand years and you get some others that are kind of a bit all right about it like yeah i think anyone who's been treated like shit for that long can throw more vases to be honest like i think that would be okay like he's an angry fucker yeah so yeah fair Mm. I want to say a few words about the director, Michael Imerson. It was his first and last Doctor Who. And he was told, just as he started um, directing episode four, that his contract would not be renewed. So it was this last thing he did for the BBC, but it was his only Doctor Who. And it's because he thought it was really a cute interview on his sofa. And he was saying about how he thought this was his chance to really show what he could do. And he was really interested in and how to direct it and make it big and all the angles. And I think he's really good. It's really yeah, well directed. So. There's loads of lovely yeah. sweeping shots. There's interesting things and um, high angles and yeah, all of that stuff. I think it's really well done. But apparently, it took a long time and he went over time and over budget. So that's why he was fired. But, wow. Yes, as a BBC. Oh, they were very much. Yeah. <laughs> quantity over quality. Yeah, get they? it in on time wow. and on budget. Yeah. 
and we don't care what it looks like but wow. i think the arc is really br- brilliantly directed actually i love yeah all of it i must admit i was quite unsure because this is one that you said john's really not up for in any way Oh no, he he liked it. It's just he'd seen it several times. I think he'd gone back to it right. himself several times. Okay, so I think I was just like, oh god, if if John hates it, and he's fairly easy going. No, he likes it. Stuff, he likes it. Okay, yeah, yeah, but no, it was it was yeah. It's a real shame for him. That's a real shame. Did he get other jobs, other gigs, doing anything? Please tell me. Oh, he became a really successful um, literary agent. I think he took over a literary oh. agency and became really successful doing that. Oh, so gosh. he's not he wasn't didn't have a difficult life afterwards but um yes oh but i have to say riverside studios which is where all of this between like the web planet or, or was the dalek invasion of earth and somewhere halfway through troughton doctor who was all filmed at the River, riverside studios on the near the thames next to the thames and that's where i went to see this morning with richard not judy with marisa we went to ah. a recording so and it's those studios where they filmed Hartnell's Regeneration. And I realised I've been in those studios. I don't know whether it was oh. Studio One or Two or whatever, but yes. But all of this early Doctor Who, a lot of it was filmed there, including The Ark. Cool. Yes. yes. So I'm just saying that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So will they dismiss the story as legend? We'll make them believe it. I don't know. We're going to make them. I don't know how we'll make them, but we're going to make them. Yeah, it seems a little bit sinister. It does. That's like, what's yeah. happening here? Yeah. And I just, I would quite like to go back to to see this idyll that they create. Oh, yeah. like, with all the stupid good, people. All the stupid people. The refusion saying, yes, just carry on, take over, take the houses, do what you want. It's just, yeah. And the monoids being eternally pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys are fuckers. We had 50 years, you had like 950. You just stop being bastards. <laughs> and some of them have got slightly mangled heads from where they've been shaking the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it would be quite nice. But yeah, it would be, I think for um, for New Who, just going to Refusis as one of the planets that they visit would be, a, it would be so lovely. Like, obviously the story would need to be very different and probably not reference it much, but I just, I do really like when they pick up those kind of small references from Doctor Who, not the big ones, hmm. but um, yeah. Well, <laughs> nice. one of the interviews I saw, um, they were referring to the, the story of the Ood being very similar to the Monoids, but handled much better. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did get Ood. Thoughts yeah. from them, definitely. Yeah. 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 So that no, no, was good. Yeah, I felt so it was a proper was space good. opera, proper sort of like yes. classic. Yeah, get your teeth yeah. into it. Oh, this is good. It's exciting. And it it did have a feel of something that wasn't completely standard Doctor Who. I felt like it could have been what's that thing? Time. It was quite time slippy, and yeah. it kind of it had it had a feel that was just slightly different to the norm. I just think going back. Having that break and going back after 700 years was just, it was quite gen- genius kind of thing. It was just like, yeah, yeah. that's what we need. We need so something good. like that more often. Yeah. And I think it's that element of it that bumps it up for me in terms of, yeah. in terms of scores. So we come to our scores on the board. <gasps> yes. Board. So just... out of 10. Oh, yeah. I've been thinking about this. I was having a walk and I was like, 
Andy doesn't make any sense. Something <laughs> saying, like, it, was, it was basically the core thought. It was like, when we're saying TARDIS is out of 10, we're not comparing it to any other, like, show. No, I'm like, not. So, yeah, if it was like Doctor Who versus, like, any other TV yeah. show, then I'd understand that you'd want everything to be above six or whatever. But I just... I don't understand why you're not giving yourself the option of anything <laughs> under five because we've you've, you've kind of reduced a scale of ten to a scale of five because you're not letting anything go underneath it. And it doesn't make any fucking sense to me because it's never going to be like, okay, well, you mustn't like Doctor Who then. It's just the fact that there's, there's more. <laughs> it's just You're just odd. <laughs> That's where I've got to. I would, I would probably like to say that you've maybe overthought this <laughs> <laughs> in this much detail. <laughs> oh, honestly, I go for these long walks now with the dog, and there's one that I have to go around an estuary, and I'm exhausted. It's an 8k walk, and it kills Bloody me. Yeah. And so I've got a lot of time to consider times is out of ten. I tell you. Wow, you have. Yes. So I just know that when I filled in season polls and stuff, like the whole Doctor Who ratings polls for Doctor Who magazine and different things before, that I've always. I've always wanted to say, well, no, I, I can't be one of these people who doesn't like Doctor Who, so I'm never going to give anything much less than a six. And so it's just part of what I've always done, and I've not thought about that. That Yes. Yeah, I, in... I definitely agree that as we've always been afraid of giving anything a low grade because I think there's, we're really affected by that, the end of Doctor Who in 1989, that yes. we may never get Doctor Who again. Yes. Like, we really must call yes. something higher, it's otherwise part of that. It's, it's part of that. <laughs> but, I mean, I still have Paradise Towers a shit score, didn't I? And yes, but I think that that was, like, real extremes for you. Like, that was just, like, saying yeah. it's worse than the shit on my shoe. Yeah. And it and wasn't. It, there was good of elements of it, but not many. But, um, yeah... I have my exceptions, like Mind Warp is definitely a one, if not a zero. I hate Mind Warp okay. so much, but I've okay. mentioned that before. Anyway, so what about for the for arc? <laughs> um, right, so for me, the arc. Um, I'm going to give it an eight. Oh, you see, now this is a tough one because I really felt like an eight. But then I was thinking it's not quite because it's problematic. So I was thinking more of a seven. But Wow. It's between seven and eight for me. It's a tough one. But remember, this is always... Yes, it's TARDIS is out of ten, but it's TARDIS is out of ten for this time that we watched it. Because the next time we watch it, we'll change our minds completely. Because that's what we do. We go up and we go down and it all changes. Okay, I'm going to say an eight. Okay, wow. Because it was very good. Because I can't ever score anything higher than you. Oh, no, because I've scored Paradise Towers higher than you. Okay, yeah. Nice. We're, yeah. we're we're there. We're there together. We're united on eight. We are very very yes. good. Very enjoyable. And I'd like to give the commander a special commendation for his flouncing. Yeah, for being and very smile. comfortable in a leotard and and curtains. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good. So, I hope you've enjoyed our journey to Refusis that we took with the with racist guardians. <laughs> Not racist, slave in well, probably they were actually a bit, but That's very enslavey. Um, to the planet, <laughs> to the planet refuses, yes. and the poor old refusions with their galaxident. So, <laughs> <laughs> until the next episode of World Enough and Time, I have been Andy. And 
not always Alex. Goodbye. In the next episode of World Enough and Time... A dandy and a clown. Not one, not two, but three doctors. This could be construed as an invasion. You dare threaten to destroy me! What do you think of this chap over Frankly, I thought he was somewhat confused. Yes, and I'm somewhat confused. Who's he? Me. Three of them. I didn't know when I was well off. Hartnell, Troughton and Pertwee star in a celebration of ten years of Doctor Who. Tomorrow at 11.30 on UK Gold. But I am going to get some gin.